0: Happy Palm Sunday. Today you are stuck with me. I hope that's okay. Giving Hubby a little break and today we'll be talking about one of my favorite topics. But before we do that, why don't we stand for the reading of God's Word today. Um, Palm Sunday, if you're new to church or new to experiencing church, Palm Sunday is, um, it marks the beginning of Holy Week. It's the week that we remember all the amazing things that changed history. You know, on Thursday, we'll celebrate the day that Jesus was arrested. Friday, the day that Jesus gave His life for us. And Saturday, He was in the grave, but working, operating. And then Sunday, the day He kicked Satan's butt and put to death sin, put to death death itself. And so, man, you can put your hands together for that. Come on. Yes. So we're gonna read a passage. It's the famous Palm Sunday passage. It is the triumphant entry. And uh, I think it's just powerful, just this whole passage. And we'll break it down for you to see it. But why don't we read it together, Matthew chapter 21, verses one through 11. It says like this, As Jesus and the disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the town of Bethpage on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go into the village over there, he said. As soon as you enter it, you will see a donkey tied there with its colt beside it. Untie them and bring them to me. And if anyone asks you what you're doing, just say, the Lord needs them, and he will immediately let you take them. This took place to fulfill the prophecy that said, tell the people of Jerusalem, look, your king is coming to you. He is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt the two disciples did as Jesus commanded. They brought the donkey and the colt to him and threw their garments over the colt as he sat on it. Most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of them and others cut branches, different parts of the Bible will say palm branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Jesus was in the center of the procession. Can you repeat that with me? Jesus was at the center of the procession and the people all around him were shouting praise God for the son of David blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord another part of this passage will say Hosanna to the one who comes in the name of the Lord our God praise God in the highest heaven the entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered who is this they asked and the crowds replied it's Jesus the prophet from Nazareth and Galilee. Father, we commit this time to You. Lord, more than anything else, I pray that whatever You want Your sons and daughters to receive in this moment, Father, would You release Your Word into your people today father we just long for your touch your will your transformation god your word to be spoken lord if there's anything of me i ask lord that you would remove it and holy spirit take over i thank you you're here you are the most honored guest in this place and we honor you we worship you and we thank you in jesus name we pray In a church alive said amen why don't you guys go have a seat It was actually funny, as I was writing this message, I don't know why I randomly remembered a funny experience Anthony and I had about 12 years ago. Um, I had never been to a non-Christian concert, and one of my friends, Jill, one of my high school friends, she knew I was a Bon Jovi fan. Any Bon Jovi fans? it's my life. No, just kidding. I'm gonna start singing Shot Through the Heart, you know, all those songs. You know, I'm a Bon Jovi girl. I was 17, riding down the highway with my windows down, blasting all the Bon Jovi songs. Anyway, so we got these free tickets at the Prudential and, and we're like, let's go! I had never been to an experience like that. And so we went. It was epic. We had a fun time. Very memorable. But it was interesting as we left the theater, or whatever it's called, the Prudential Center, as we walked out, if and I were like, that was cool. Yeah, that was all right. Yeah. And it was almost like both of us were feeling the same thing, but we couldn't put our finger in it. We're like, "What? why are we not more like enthusiastic about what just happened in there? Like it was incredible. Bon Jovi should have not been wearing what he wore. There's certain things you can't unsee. Richie Sambori was on stage doing his thing. I mean, it was incredible. It was something I had waited for so long to be a part of it. Yet I left with a lesser experience than I thought I would have received. You see, Anthony and I are so used to being in a crowd where we come together to experience something greater than ourselves so that when we leave, we don't come in the same, we don't leave the same way that we came in. And obviously I wasn't expecting like John Bon Jovi to be filled with the Holy Ghost and start singing I Exalt Thee on stage or anything like that. But it was interesting that I have gotten so accustomed to the presence of God to what happens when we gather as sons and daughters and we elevate the name of Jesus, that I went to this experience and it just felt empty. It was fun. It was memorable. It was quite the experience. But because Anthony and I were so used to a greater experience because of God's presence, this cool event just became a lesser experience for us. You see, the main ingredient, the presence of God, was lacking And I felt like over the last couple of months, this particular topic, not so much the presence of God, but true worship has been messing with me. I don't know why. I love worship. I'm like, me and my friend, Lindsay, actually, who's here, we like text each other worship songs all the time. Like, look at this one, look at this new one. It's actually quite fun. And my favorite thing is worship. I was a worship pastor for many years of this church. And it was interesting that a few months ago, the Holy Spirit said, Miriam, make sure people know the difference between true worship that is solely about the name of Jesus and worship that has become self-centered, where we come to worship because of what God can make us feel and make us experience, and there's nothing wrong with that kind of worship. There's nothing wrong to entering into the presence of God because of what he can do for you, his peace and his freedom. But it becomes dangerous when our sole focus of worship is us instead of him. And so I felt like God was convicting me and God was teaching me some things. Hey, be careful. Don't grow over familiar with worship. It's not about you, Miriam. It is about me. And I've been wrestling with this message for a few months. And, and it was interesting because for me, every Sunday, if you know me, I'm like jumping on, this, I'm like on the floor, I'm jumping, it's like sweating, goosebumps. And, and I love it because that can be worship, but it's not just about the goosebumps, although it's pretty awesome. It's, it's not just the thing that we don't go to get something from it, but it is the kind, true worship is the kind of worship that is simply going to God just because he's God. Simply going to God because He's Lord and He's King. You see, greater worship is simple, but I wonder how common it is. In a culture where everything is about us, in a culture where it's about our comfort, right? Our car seats are heated for crying out loud, right? In a culture that everything is about our comfort, it compares. It uh, concerns me because nowhere in scripture does he say, live for your comfort. The only time you see comfort in the Bible is when he says, when you're going through the storms, when you are going through the wilderness, I will send the comforter, the Holy Spirit to come. But he does not ask us to live a comfortable life. He actually calls us to live a dangerous life. He calls us to get up and truly have true, authentic worship. And the reality is greater worship is ultimately less of us and a whole lot more of him. Greater worship is less of us and a whole lot more of him. You know, we all worship something or someone right now, whether it's intentional or not, whether you call yourself religious or not, we all worship something or someone because by nature, we are worshipers. Worship is an identity before it is an activity. See, you were wired to be a worshiper and that's why you can either worship you know the stock market you can worship a marriage status you can you can worship a whole bunch of stuff and it'll still leave you empty why are celebrities who are rich famous have everything they want still on drugs still on antidepressants still not fulfilled because those things they may worship it but God did not call them to worship those idols and that's why they were always be unfulfilled because they have not encountered true worship of the true God. We are by nature worshipers, but we also are by nature, because of the flesh, prone to worshiping everything else other, the one worthy of our worship. You know, throughout history, actually before even man was made, you see the devil try to steal God's glory for himself. The devil used to be an angel and then he got all prideful and God had to kick him out of heaven and say, hey, you're trying to take my glory And that's not gonna happen, get out. (laughs) And the reality is since then, the enemy has made it his mission to make sure as many people as possible have false worship or a lesser worship. And I say true because the Bible actually distinguishes that there is a difference between true worship and not true worship. And you find that in John um, chapter four, verses 23 and 24. It says, but an hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For such people, the Father seeks to be His worshipers. God is Spirit. And those who worship Him must worship in spirit. And in truth, is true worship the 25 minutes that we have here before the sermon? It can be in the hearts of people who are encountering God. Yes, it can be true worship, but for some others, perhaps it's a show in their heart. Sometimes it's about, can it be about the deep lyrics of the song? Or can it be whether or not you clap on beat? Well, it would be a good thing if you clap on beat, right? That would be nice. It's not how loud someone shouts or how high someone jumps, but that can be worship too. It can be authentic as well. And I'll even say it's not even about what you felt in worship. Although God is so good, we can't help but experience all sorts of his goodness in worship. See, the fruit of worship is freedom. It is peace. It, it lifts our burdens. It, it, it does so many things because a byproduct of true worship is all these things, right? It is goodness. It's joy. It's peace. But what happens when we counter him is We think we're seeking these things, but when you encounter Jesus, you realize he is all those things. So often we're on this mission to get these things. Oh, I want peace. Oh, I want joy. Oh, I want, and those are great things. But here's the thing. We miss true worship when we're trying to go after the things of God instead of God himself because he is all those things. People worship worship sometimes. And when we worship worship, we we are worshiping the created instead of the creator. But we don't just worship to get those things. We worship Jesus because he is those things. If we make worship only about how it makes us feel and what it gives us, we run the risk of turning it into a self-centered experience. I've done it. Maybe you haven't. I am here and I will tell you I have done it. And there's nothing wrong with having a moment when you are down, when you are discouraged, disappointed, when life has been hard. You know, I was telling in the last service, this wasn't even part of my notes, numerous months ago, I had like this weird experience on Route 17. People on Route 17, Lord have mercy. You know what I mean? 17, Route 4, I mean, all of New Jersey highways, let's be real. And I was just on my way to Starbucks and I was using the GPS and I never, Anthony will tell you, the GPS is in front of my face and I still make wrong turns every two seconds. I'm like, is it right now? And she's like, yes, right now. Siri saying, yes, right, right. And I'm like, oh, I thought she meant like five, you know, turns ahead. I get lost every time. Anyway, I'm in this thing about to go to Starbucks, and then I realized it wasn't the right turn, so I stayed in that like fake lane. You know that that lane you can just hang in there if you made a mistake. This one person, well, actually there was three of them in a pickup. They start yelling at me. They roll down their window, and I'm telling you, every four letter word that is not love was coming out of their mouth, and like the fury in their eyes, like. You would have thought I, like, killed them or ran over something. Like, I was just minding my own business. And and I know it's going to sound funny, and you're probably going to think, oh, you're being so emotional. It really rocked me. And it wasn't that they were yelling at me. It was the anger in their eyes. It was their anger. It was... I was like, wow, I feel so sorry for them. They need Jesus. I was like, what in the world? But you know what's weird? It literally rattled me to the point that finally I got to Starbucks, got my flat white, pulled in the parking lot. And I said, wow, that literally stole my peace. I need worship. And there's nothing wrong with turning worship on in that moment to get you back into a place of peace, to get you back into a place of joy, because my gosh, those people, if they were in front of me, I would be like, yo. Anyway, let's, let's not talk about that, but... I needed that in that moment, so there is nothing wrong with needing worship to lift your head. The Bible says that God is the lifter of our head, and we experience that lifting in worship. We experience that joy, that freedom, that strength. You know, there is power in worship. However, if that is the only time we worship for when we need God, but not worship because of who he is, we're simply turning God into a genie in a bottle. There is a difference between worship that is solely for the glory of God, elevating the holiness of God, the goodness, the faithfulness of God, and stepping into worship for the presence of God that's for me. Both are good, both are right, but not one without the other. Going into the presence of God because we need Him is essential. But I can't just go to God every time I need something from Him instead of worshiping Him because I want to bring something to Him. It concerns me because I believe in our culture today, some of us, perhaps I have as well, we've made worship into an idol where we worship worship and, and we should love worship and we should um, exalt God in worship and we should run to worship and our cars should be filled with worship and our houses should be filled with worship. But I just wanna make sure we are the kind of Christians that when we are worshiping, we are there to meet a person and his name is Jesus. He is the Messiah. He is the healer. He is our freedom. He is our savior. And he is not Santa Claus and he's not a genie in a bottle but he is good he is the first he is the last he is the one who has risen from the grave and our worship is because of who he is it is the fullness of God that leads me to repentance it is his goodness it is his kindness but if I only go to him and worship because I need his presence but not go to worship because he is so wonderful then I'm missing the whole point of true worship. I have one equation, I don't have the other. What is worship? It is our highest affection and our attention. It's what we're willing to prioritize above anything else. It's what we believe and what we follow, what we place high value on, what we give to and what we allow to become our center. You see in that scripture, Jesus was the center of the progression When you come to worship here, when you worship in your car, when you worship with your life, is Jesus the center of the procession of your life? Who or what does your life revolve around? Whose will are you seeking? Whose approval are you looking for? Whose ideologies do you follow? What mission do you get behind? And when you answer those questions, you'll know what or who the center of your worship is. I want to break down the the passage that we read in Matthew 21, because I felt like, wow, if there's anything that will give us a great example of what true worship is, you find it there. And so the first thing, point number one, you see the worship service for Jesus didn't start when the crowd started singing Hosanna in the highest. The worship service for Jesus actually started when he commanded his disciples to go get the donkey and they went. Obedience. Number one, true worship is about obedience to Jesus. You see, worship is not just in a song, although it can live in a song, it is how we live. It's taking even the inconvenient truths of the word that are hard, that are counter culture and saying, because I believe in you, Jesus, I'll let that go and I will follow you because that is my worship to you, my obedience, laying down my own dreams and desires. Not that God is against your dreams and desires, but are they ahead of God? Is God first? them getting the donkey, a picture of obedience, a picture of serving. I'm sure these disciples couldn't wait to cast out demons, turn water into wine, make miracles and all these kind of things. But he simply asked them, go get the donkeys. And they went. Is there an area God is saying, hey, obey me in this. Hey, don't dabble with that. Hey, I, I've asked you about that little thing in your life that you're not willing to Give to me can you obey me obey my word on that because you can't be a true worshiper if you're not walking in the truth of God's word yeah. number two true worship is about surrender I love the picture we get here of these people laying down their garments they're laying down their threads it, it was like their red carpet for Jesus and you know Jesus was never looking for an earthly throne but he was looking for the throne of people's hearts and I love that they laid down what could cover them in the natural for someone who can cover them in the supernatural. It's a picture of surrender. And I wonder today, as you encounter King Jesus, would you lay down your threads? Would you surrender what is clothing you? Perhaps it's your shame. Perhaps something that happened 10 years ago, 15 years ago, five years ago, five minutes ago, whatever it is that you came in here with today that you are wearing, perhaps it's shame, perhaps it's a sin, pride, or arrogance, unforgiveness, hatred, rebellion, offense, anger, disappointment. God wants your disappointment. God wants you to be real with him and say, God, I thought you would have showed up for me here and you didn't. What's the deal, God? Because as you surrender in those moments, God can minister to you in those moments. Because we don't always see things the way he sees them. He sees them from the end. Did I say that right? He sees the beginning from the end. The end from the beginning. The end from the beginning. There you go. (laughs) Lay down your apathy. Oof this one i feel like in our western american culture apathy where we're all about our comfort or we're all about you know eh it's uncomfortable it's inconvenience and I wonder how we would do and this is not to condemn you this is not to shame you this is just to awaken us to the reality how would our Christianity do in Afghanistan and Iraq in an underground church in China how would we handle the pressures the persecution when we live in this culture Where sure these days a lot of our faith is being challenged by culture and all this weird stuff that is being said and you're like oh my faith is being challenged try getting your head chopped off i know this is uncomfortable and i'm sorry but i'm for you because i want you to experience the goodness of god i want you to have a true worship encounter lay down jealousy and envy and greed and rebellion broken dreams and maybe even control which is probably one of the hardest to lay down lay him down see true worship is when you have garments laced with the chunk of life and you surrender them because the God we serve, the God we worship, He's holy. And when we enter with worship, we are in the presence of holiness. He invites you into holiness, not not that we'll ever be perfect, but as we come before him and we see him and, and we get a glimpse of his goodness, a glimpse of his holiness, a glimpse of his power, something happens, we get pruned, we get, we get changed, we get molded and perfected by his goodness, his mercy, his righteousness. It's like you're, you're the clay and he's the potter and you're on the potter's wheel and he's forming you and he's making you, but you have to let the potter do the shaping. surrender says God less of me and more of you in a culture that says more of you less of anything else that's inconvenient to you in a culture that says more of you more of your self-care nothing wrong with self-care I had a self-care day on Friday got my nails done anyway nothing wrong with that but man we have missed the plot if we are living for ourselves instead of living for the one who made us surrender is repentance an old-fashioned word but a necessary word very different than just being sorry see where there is no repentance which means a change of mind the change of action a, a a recognition and a regret a wrongdoing where there is no repentance there will be repetition repentance is for freedom not shame and so today is there something that you need to lay down is there a surrender is there something that a garment you're wearing that you are wearing that you've been wearing for years and you've been holding on to that to that jacket to those jeans to those shoes or whatever for so long because it's just yours and you just want to hold on to it and Jesus is saying let it go lay it down that is your true worship lay it down this moment you can worship as you empty yourself before God and say oh God if there's anything in me that is not of you let me see it clearly don't let me run from true conviction I often say this to the girls I disciple and I often say sometimes we get so busy in life that we don't even hear what the Holy Spirit's nudging us about And I'm so desperate to not miss out on God's voice. I have three kids to raise in this crazy world we're living in. And I'm so desperate because it's so real and it's so serious to just be on track with God. Like I can't afford to be distracted by myself, by the things of this world because I have three kids to raise in truth. I have so much at stake that I just can't afford to just maybe be okay. No, I need to be in the center of God's will. I need to know what He's saying to me. I need to know where He's telling me to go. I need to know where my kids should be going. I need to be open. And sometimes I say, Holy Spirit, say it louder in case I miss it. I am desperate to not miss His voice. It has been His voice that has led us time and time again from making stupid mistakes. It's when you think you're good enough. It's when you think you know enough. The reality is I don't care how long I'm a Christian, I never know enough because I always want to know what's coming. There's too much at stake to play with worship. Gosh, there's too much at stake. We can't make worship about, oh, it's a goosebumps. Oh, I got to jump. Oh, yes, that's great. That can be worship, but make sure you encounter Jesus. Make sure you know him, make sure you've met him. You need a fresh revelation of the king. You need a fresh revelation of the savior or else your religion will become stale. It'll be exactly that religion, which I'm not here for religion. I am here for relationship. I am here for intimacy. I am here for God's glory. I am here for God's purpose. I am here for God's design. I'm here to elevate him, glorify him, lift his name up. I am not here to play a game. As children the culture we live in it is a hot mess and the Church of the Living God we need to be true worshipers because if we are not we will be drowned out by the loud noises of the media of culture and of self-centeredness it is not enough to just come and enjoy a nice worship band we gotta be worshipers true worshipers If not, we will get our butt kicked out there. Trying, Teresa. (laughs) Because the reality is when people start to question your faith, what are you going to hang on? But that song says, no, I encountered the living God. I encountered the true God. I've met with the glory of God. He changed my life. He transformed me. I am not the same. the renewing of God's Word nobody can challenge your experience with God when it's real I don't know where I am now number three you guys can sit we're almost done we are gonna take communion in a few moments true worship is about the King and for the King that's obvious right but is it yes it's obvious in theory Yes, it's obvious. Yes, we come to church to worship Jesus. Yes, we come to church for community. Yes, all that stuff. But is it though? Are we actually encountering the King? Are we actually doing things for the King or are we just fulfilling a moral obligation? I'm a good Christian. I go to church on Sunday. Bravo, that's awesome. Do it. That's great. Great commitment. I love it. I'm not minimizing it. But make sure even your good religious deeds are authentic and true. And have meaning and have impact. I love in this passage, they already started singing Hosanna. And if you look at the significance of what a palm branch meant to the people at that time, it meant victory, it meant triumph and it meant eternal life. Their worship was prophetic. They didn't Jesus didn't even die at that point yet. They didn't know he was gonna die and raise from the grave, but his, their worship was prophetic. They were bringing a declaration. They were singing songs of victory. They were just declaring this prophetic moment that Jesus was entering in, and I thought that was brilliant because there was just something about Jesus that led them to worship the way they would worship a king. Why would they worship him like a king when he didn't look anything like a king? something in his eyes it was something about when he healed people and delivered people and rose people from the grave it was something about when he spoke and when he taught there was something about the kindness see, it is the kindness of the Lord that leads people to repentance you see they saw Jesus they encountered Jesus and you might be saying well we don't live in that time how can I see and encounter Jesus trust me my friends worship with a true authentic faith and you will encounter Jesus. Your life will be the fingerprints of Jesus all over it. Totally over my time. When we come to worship, we come to encounter a person and we come to turn off all the distractions, although it can be hard. Even the distractions that sometimes are there to help us be in worship, right? But, can encourage you friend true worship looks a whole lot like obeying I know not a sexy word looks a lot like surrender and it looks a lot like Jesus being the center of the procession the center of the party the center of your life the center of your dreams the center of your household the center of your workplace don't be one thing in church and something else in the workplace all stand i believe there are people in here today who've never encountered this jesus maybe you've heard about jesus the savior maybe you've heard about this man jesus who died on the cross for the world and that's amazing but maybe you've never had an encounter with Him, a a personal relationship with Him where He speaks to you, where He invites you into this journey, where He invites you into knowing Him. Not that it will be easy. Do not believe a a gospel that says, oh, once you're a Christian, everything is perfect. (laughs) Ha-ha. Not, you just have someone who will carry you through. You have someone who will give you the peace to withhold all the storms of life. That's the difference is that when stuff does happen we have Emmanuel with us God with us if you're in here today and you've never said hey yes I want Jesus to not just be Savior I want him to be Lord of all of my life if you haven't asked him for the forgiveness of your sins then I just want to humbly invite you to pray with me a simple prayer I've been inviting Jesus to forgive you and to be Lord and Savior of your life. If everyone would just bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment, if that's you in here, if you're saying, hey, I've never placed my faith in Christ before, I've never asked him for the forgiveness of sins, I, I, I just want this real revelation of who this Jesus is, and all across this room, will you raise your hand just so I could see it? I see that hand right there. I see those hands right there. I see that hand right there. Anybody else? I see that hand in the back over there. You put your hands down just because it's hard to see everyone. I'm gonna count to three. If that's you, you're saying, yes, I wanna place my faith in Jesus today for the forgiveness of sins and as my Lord and Savior. Then all across this room, I'm gonna count to three. I want you to put it up real high just so I could see it. Ready? One, two, three. All across this room. That's awesome. I see it. I see your hand. I see your hand there. I see your hand. I see your hand. That one, that one. I see all those hands there in the middle there. That's awesome. Amen. Why don't you repeat with me? Father, thank you for your son Jesus, thank you for what he did on that cross. Today, I ask you for the forgiveness of sins. I want to make you my Lord and Savior, and I want to have a personal relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And that's the greatest thing you could ever do is invite Jesus, the one who made you into a real authentic walk. And so we want to help you along of this journey. And so when you leave here today, if you raise your hand at our Next Steps counter, we have a gift for you, a Following Jesus book. But if you're online, you can text CONNECT7 to 97000 and we'll mail one of these books to you. Right now, we're gonna have communion together. I know we normally do it during worship, but I felt like what a great opportunity now if there's something that God is asking us to obey Him in or if there's something that God is asking us to surrender what a beautiful picture of true worship in this moment before we partake of what symbolizes His body and His blood that we can lay at His feet right now. Our junk, our garments, our rebellion. So, all across this room. If you wanna peel back that first layer there, you can grab that wafer. This represents His body that was beaten for us. But because of it, we can be made whole in our soul, in our minds, in our body. So before we take it, just want to ask you, is there something you need to lay down today? Is there an area you need to surrender? A unforgiveness, hatred, pride, and arrogance? If there is, all across this room, this is your moment with God. Would you take that moment? Father, I thank you for your body. Surrender, God, anything to you. Lord, if you feel anything. juice is a representation of the wine which represents his blood which every last ounce was spilled for us it's a reminder that we couldn't have done this on our own we needed a perfect Savior to make the perfect sacrifice for an imperfect world so as we take this let's just remember and thank him and all the good things and even the hard times but we know he's been there let's just take this in gratitude Take and drink. Let the worship team lead us in this time.